0: Hey friends, welcome to episode 69 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift, and I'm thankful that you're listening in today. I appreciate you so much, and if you're new around here, welcome. And I'm talking with women who are taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. They're using their gifts to impact the world for Christ, because every woman of God has a fierce calling. And God is calling us to use our gifts and walk in that calling. And we're here to encourage, inspire, and challenge, and lift each other up and share our stories so that we can encourage each other to walk together in kingdom work. It's exciting stuff, friends. And by the way, I am a speaker, and I would love the opportunity to talk with you about speaking at your next women's event. And I do virtual events as well, but I'm really excited about speaking in person, so check out my page at doraswift.com. Today I have a great show for you. My friend Karen Whiting is here. She's an author of lots of books, but she never aspired to be an author. She's a mathematician, and she's going to tell us about how she was called to write books. She has a heart for helping moms to thrive so they can help their families thrive, and she's going to share what happened when her son was bullied and when that hurricane that was supposed to hit them took a turn and headed straight for their house. I know what Karen has to share. will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Karen Whiting. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I'm excited to welcome my friend, Karen Whiting. She's an award-winning author, speaker, and a certified rating coach because she loves helping others To develop their craft too. She has appeared on blogs and in numerous publications such as The Right Conversation, Just 18 Summers, Focus on the Family magazine. She writes for Crosswalk and she's been on The Lookout, Today's Christian Woman, and she is a writer for Leading Hearts magazine. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm so glad to have you. And it's funny because my sister's name is Karen too. Oh, (laughs) and your name has gotten a little bit of a bad rap this past year. But you know what? Karen's are amazing. I'll just have to say that.
1: (laughs) Yes. And the word
0: actually means pure. (laughs) Awesome. That is amazing. Sure twisted it. (laughs) Yes. I am going to share that with my sister. She's going to listen to this. So she'll be blessed by it, too. I love all the things that you're doing and your heart for family and helping writers and all things that God has you doing and, you know, your involvement in TV and all of that. So I would love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Well, I'm a mathematician,
1: so I never plan to write. <laughs> Wow. And then God called me into writing. And I, one thing really stirred my heart when I was reading, if you were ever put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? And I thought, I don't know if there is, but I'll make some. And I started <laughs> and couldn't follow that calling to
0: write. And I certainly have plenty now. <laughs> nice. I love that you're a mathematician. That is amazing. God just keeps multiplying books <laughs> through you, which is very cool. Math is so good for your mind. It keeps your brain moving and I know it keeps things active. So do you still do anything in that arena or do you find that you've used some of that in what you're doing now?
1: Well, I do math in some ways. In fact, yesterday I did a blog post on a children's blog on teaching children symmetry, and I've done some math pages for children's magazines. But, you know, a lot of it was passing on that love of math to my children, who all did well in math, and two of them became rocket scientists and one is an accountant, so you can see where it has
0: gone to. That's amazing. Well, they have that DNA, right? Aspects of what God has you doing. And so if you can share more about what you do in your ministry and in your coaching.
1: All right. Well, in my ministry, through speaking to women and working with women's groups and all, I really want moms to thrive. I want them to help their families thrive. And also do a lot of books for children and even have a Zoom craft call with some children on Wednesday afternoons because I want them to develop the skills to be tomorrow's mothers. And that's a big thing to do. But even my newest book, Growing a Mother's Heart, I'm really working on helping moms overcome the struggles and to embrace the joys. And some of those struggles are even being the advocate for our child when other people seem to be in the world may even be against them and not understand them to observe and know and know that we sometimes have to advocate for them and stand up and know what they really need. And Mm -hmm. that's so important to do. And there's a lot of moms who are afraid to do that. But, you know, there's a lot of mama bear in
0: us, too. (laughs) For sure. I totally get that. And I love that you're preparing and equipping the young generation, you know, the younger generation to be able to become good moms in the future. Because so many women have uh, missed out on being mentored by either a woman that is older that could take them under their wing, or even they might have had a mom that was absent um, from their lives and not able to learn those types of skills. So it's really precious that you have that calling to help moms and so that they can help their children. So that's precious. And I love that you do the craft thing with the kids on Wednesday night. That is great for creativity. And do you find that a lot of creativity is used for uh, growth spiritually too, right?
1: Yes, I have a craft book coming out in December. So a lot of the crafts we're doing right now are the paper crafts in that book where every craft is paired with a scripture, and there's always a lesson you can teach when you're doing it. There's so many things. There's a little sphere that you twirl the stick that it's on top of, and it goes up and down. In fact, I think I have one of those here. So this that you twirl, and it's really fun, but inside is a little person, and outside I have children write words of kindness, and, we t- and when we spin it, that person is raised up, and I'll mention how when you surround
0: someone with kind words and encouraging words, it lifts their spirit. That's amazing. I love that you have that craft. I've never seen something like that, so that's pretty cool. And the fact that it has a reminder and a meaning behind it, so when the children use it or see it or look at it, it will remind them about what you've taught through it. Because I know, you know, really visual aids are so important in connecting people with learning. Isn't that what you find too, Karen?
1: Yes, and I have always connected the things we did as a family and the crafts we did, the science experiments with scriptures and with little lessons too, because that does remind them. They remember what they do more than just what they hear. So if you connect that and that little twirly thing, the twirly thing is out there on Pinterest and all, but no one has ever put something inside of it or put words on the outside of it. I put new twists or spins on things.
0: Great. There's that creativity. It is amazing too, because God is a creative and he created and he created us. And so we all, even When we feel like we're not that creative, we are all creatives, really. I mean, we have something within us that we can create, whether it be a recipe or a craft or gardening or something like that. So it really allows us to even get closer with the Lord because of that creativity that he's put within us. And he certainly has equipped you over time with all of these gifts and talents Tell us some more about some of the books that you've written and if there's been any particular book that you found more challenging than others to write.
1: Well, I did a historic book, Stories of Faith and Courage from the Homefront, from the French and Indian War to the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And we were only given nine months to do it. In fact, because of that, I got a co-author, Jocelyn Green. I don't know if you've ever had her on. She's another wonderful person and writer. And We had to dig in and find so much research, and yet I found these wonderful, wonderful, rich stories of women, women who had courage, women who just did things to help forge America as patriots and faithful women, and that took a lot of work constantly, and there were times I just had to rely on God. really looking for Vietnam, for a POW story, for that bracelet, POW bracelet. And I finally got to the day, it has to be today, opened up my computer. I thought, I never opened up the AP Press, but it opened up on my screen. And there was this wonderful story of a woman, Kathy Strong, who'd had a POW bracelet on her wrist for 45 years. And they'd finally found his remains and identified him by his DNA. And she was going to his funeral. Well, I was able to get hold of, he was a Green Beret, the Green Beret leader that was with him when he died, actually, but they couldn't take the remains out at that time. And interview him as well as interview Kathy for her story. She was the daughter of a pastor and she never married, but for 45 years, she wouldn't take that off. And she prayed always to know, did he know you, Lord? Did he know you? She finally connected with the family and then was able to go to the funeral and she slipped off the bracelet and put it in his casket. She was allowed to do that. And then his sister turned to her and said, and this did not make the AP press. At least they didn't put it in. That I have something I think I'm supposed to show you. It was his childhood Bible. We underlined all these verses. So she finally had that answer too.
0: Oh, how precious. (sighs) That story is so touching. It just pulls at the heartstrings and how God, had you open right to what you were praying for? It just confirms how, when God calls a writer to write, how He continually is there on that journey. And I guess the difference between writing with God or writing without God, because He will lead you to these things, right? So, and I think I, um, I had read somewhere when you first began writing. You were praying about whether you should begin writing, right? And there was something yes. that God showed you. Could you share that with us?
1: Yes. I went off to a retreat because I thought, well, God, I have friends who wanted to get published for years, and you're calling me to write? I So I went on a retreat and, and prayed, and God only uh, said yes, but he gave me this vision and entity It looked like he was holding out a golden ball. And I thought, okay, I'm supposed to write this one book. And he said, no, this is a seed. Plant it and you'll produce much. And in my head, I saw a tree with all these books on it. And I thought, oh, you want me to be a writer, not just write one thing? (laughs) And so I said, all right, I will commit to listening to anyone for the next five years and do whatever they say. And if I can't get a little teeny paragraph published anywhere, then I'll know I didn't hear you write. But within five years, I had contracts for five books. So he opened the doors and I've been writing ever since. And I said,
0: I'll write until you tell me to stop. Yeah. I love that amazing way that God touched your heart and confirmed that to you and that you also took action because he showed you something and you didn't just sit back and go, okay, I'll just wait wait for that to happen, God. You committed to study and show yourself approved, as the word says. And you honed in on the craft that he told you you were going to have. And so learning and growing. And you're right, because people might look at books that are published and think, oh, that's probably easier. They probably wrote that last week and now it's published. It's like, no, you're right. It takes years of writing and studying and you know just connecting with other authors and being able to find your voice right oh As yes to it does to and do. to think about what to, and to understand the whole marketing
1: process in the publishing industry I was learning all of that and I went to conferences to really learn and now I try to share that when I'm coaching someone. But even now with, say, my latest book, which brought some of those same women and other women in from history, as well as biblical women, so all these historic women and contemporary women together in a book and growing a mother's heart, that happens to be the same publisher that I did the new book with. And I knew they have this historic component that they like to use. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, then let's make it different that this will be devotions of faith, hope, and courage from mothers past, present, and future. And so I've got this, I mean, I go all the way back to Ulan, the mother of Genghis Khan Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) in Mongolia, to share how she had to struggle when she was kicked out of the clan, not only with her children, but mistress and those children. And she had to forage for berries and things, and, and uh, they had to learn to use spears to catch fish. And she, they not only did they survive, but she raised a great leader who, because of her faith, he had religious freedom in that part of the world. And that was the first part of Asia that ever had religious freedom, so that was amazing. But there's stories like this that I have in there because of being, knowing I could put that historic component in there. That's beautiful. Which book is that again? That's uh, my newest book, Growing a Mother's Heart.
0: Oh, And I love so
1: that. every week has one historic mom, one biblical mom we can learn from, and three contemporary moms, as well as a prayer from the heart about that topic. And so that's just really to help women to realize you're okay. You may think you failed today, but you know what? Even our failure teaches our children and it helps us
0: get up and move forward again. Yes. Well, I know someone needed to hear that today. That is something that God really brought out. I know that so many struggle with those things. And so your new book is such a blessing. And I love how you brought the past, present, and future together um, with all of the stories and everything, because there's so many stories that are yet to be told. There's so many stories that have not been told that really need to be told. And I know that Publishers usually look for uh, concepts that are different. There's nothing new under the sun, as the word says, but, you know, a new twist or a fresh look at yes. something. And this book really does that. So I'm sure that the listeners will want to pick that book you know, up. Well, I added the future moms in a different kind of a way. I got
1: all these quotes from little girls about mothers, their moms and becoming a mother. And I have a couple of those for each unit. So, you know, it may be as cute as a little child saying that, you know, mom, tuck me in so I can feel like a stuffed burrito <laughs> before bed. And, you know, so they make us just laugh about the types of their things. Um that they say, you know, even when mom yells at me, I'm pretty sure she does not mean it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that's
0: good or bad because they maybe are not listening too much. But. Yeah, that's so encouraging because, really, like you said, when moms feel like, oh man, I totally failed today, you know, at uh, that, they don't realize how the perspective of the child. And it is so sweet to hear the child's perspective because while you know, we might feel like we totally blew it. You know, it's like we just totally messed up. You know, it's uh, like you say, a learning thing for our children to see, but also they might not have looked at it that way at all. It's like, my mom's fierce or my mom, you know, knows how to do this or that, or she really tried hard today. You know, that might be what they're thinking. So I love that you brought that out. How did you get involved in, doing the puppets on parade and, and the TV that you've been involved in?
1: It really, that goes back to childhood. My favorite TV show was Howdy Doody as a child, a puppet marionette puppet show. And when my children were growing up, I started, well, even before that as a kid, I used to just make my make up my own type of puppets. And then I would... Uh, study and do puppet shows for my children and their little friends would come over. But then I was able to take puppetry at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Institute of Puppetry while my children were in school because it was nearby. And one of my teachers was Margot Rose. Margot and Rufus Rose, her late husband, invented and manipulated Howdy Doody. They taught Jim Henson puppetry. And so it was an amazing experience. He came up and taught at that center one time, too. After that, I went to Florida, and my oldest daughter, because she had the little puppets I did, when she got to high school, decided she wanted to start a puppet ministry at the church and have me help direct that, and we tapped into the whole world of puppetry. And uh, I even learned how to make puppets from one of the people who made Miss Piggy, and All sorts of things. And all of a sudden, because I had joined the Puppeteers of American Things, this TV show fell into my lap, is all I can say. And the the puppet ministry that my puppeteers won all kinds of awards for their puppetry when we went to puppet festivals also it just kept expanding and i've done a couple of books on puppetry but even my paper craft book i have puppets in there that include a new type of puppet that i just invented so people haven't even seen this yet where mm-hmm. i use um sticks and straws to have the puppets go up and down and <laughs> that is so sweet
0: that little kangaroo and then there was a little baby kangaroo in the pocket yeah that little one can peek out
1: go in and out and uh, you know,
0: just kind of fun. So <laughs> I love that. that That's just fun. God is so fun. Isn't yes. he? he loves fun. And how amazing that he connected you to a place that you can learn and grow from something that encouraged and inspired you as a child. You know, how <laughs> Doody. that's, that's pretty cool. And the Jim Henson thing and all of that. And I know puppets have always been something that, children are drawn to when you when you do those in Sunday school and at, you know at children's church and things like that so i I think that's pretty cool, and I yes, love that. Oh, we use the big Muppet type puppets,
1: and we even did choreography. We could do—I could use uh, four different puppets that my team would have and choreograph a square dance for them. And actually, then one of my uh, puppeteers used to picked up and started doing all the choreography. It was just great.
0: Wow! Yeah. Are there any videos available, like on YouTube or something, where you would see that? You know, we have, I have a lot of videos from my TV show, but they're not on
1: YouTube. I probably should think about putting some of those episodes on YouTube. And I have other videos from our, our performances that we did that might be fun to do
0: sometime. Yeah, I think that would be great. And then people would have access to it. It perhaps would be something that would be of interest to them right. to learn or even just have yes, them, and, There
1: are still big puppet companies out there that have different shows you can watch. A big Christian puppet company. uh, So that's always good too.
0: Yeah, that is so sweet. I love that. I always loved at church when they would break out the puppets (laughs) (laughs) because they're just adorable and they kind of take on their own little personalities and the kids really find it so endearing and they really engage in listening to the word of it so yes and
1: children will sometimes talk to a puppet and tell a puppet things they won't tell a, a real
0: person mm, that's true so yeah. it can be used in therapy with children also mm. thanks for bringing that up because that's that's such an important thing an important work that um is going on for children for healing and that kind of thing. So I was going to ask you too about some of the things that you've been through, some of the maybe difficult struggles that God has brought you through so that you can encourage a listener today that may be going through, um, you know, a really difficult season. Well, probably two things I would
1: say. One is, you know, we've had a lot of natural disasters in the last few years. And years ago, one of the first four hurricanes in Miami, Florida, Hurricane Andrew, I was there, my husband was away on military orders, I had the five children, and as we were told we had to stay home because they couldn't fit enough cars on the road and our zip code wasn't going to be hit, the hurricane took a big turn and we had a direct hit on our house in the middle of the night, and I, as I started seeing the gumbo limbo, there as wide around as oak trees, Bending in half, I said, We're going to get hit, we're getting hit, so I grabbed all the children, woke them up from where they were, and brought them to my closet in the upstairs and i uh, it was sort of an architectural, funny design thing that we didn't realize before we bought the house as they were building it that we had a ten by twelve foot closet, but God knew we would need it in the center of the whole house, no windows or anything. And we took two mattresses in there and everybody was sleeping, but the baby would wake up and I'd nurse the baby and then I'd read from the Bible and pray. And about five in the morning, I'm reading, that, I don't know why I waited till then, but that's when I decided to open up and read about Jesus calming the storm and I prayed for him to calm everything. And all the crashing and noises we were hearing, the wind, everything stopped. We waited about two minutes and my oldest son in the back of the room, Michael just yells out, Mom, you should have read that one first. <laughs> out of the mouths of babes, right? Right, because humor really relaxes us and helps us. And, you know, and all of the children had to help me. Even the two-year-old, I put boat shoes on him, opened a window in the sunken living room that had become sunk. I gave him a bucket and had him bailing the living room out while the others were picking up debris outside. and. We had picked up all the glass before I allowed him to come downstairs, the broken glass and everything. So when we have had hurricanes since, not only did my children brave it and have the courage for all of that, but my oldest daughter became the lead manager for Hurricane Irma Recovery for a nonprofit organization for the Florida Keys and did amazing things of helping people where no one else could find solutions. She just prayed God would give her those. So it really you never know, but your children are watching you and what you do and how you brave things helps them have courage in the future. Another time was when one of my children at school was constantly getting calls from the teacher or the principal that he did something wrong. He was only in kindergarten. I mean, give me a break. Really? And I knew there was this one boy who kept bullying him who was on swim team with him. He was so strong. I put him in swim team at age five. And she finally called me one day and he had already come home, and I knew if something went wrong, and he had given me the story that this little boy who bullied him had come two tables over during snack time and kept bothering him until Michael took the straw out of that boy's drink and threw it on the floor. Didn't touch the boy or anything. So the teacher calls to say something, and I said, now, wait a minute. Wasn't so-and-so? Why was he out of his chair bothering my son? She said, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about your son. I said, you already said there was an incident with that child. You are talking about it because it wasn't one, it's two children. Why was he out of his seat? And where was my son? She said, well, he was sitting in a seat. And I said, oh, so my child is sitting fine. Did my child hit him, bite him? kick him or anything no he took his straw and I said so he did something very passive non-aggressive to try to get that child to stop but then that child screamed bloody murder is not in his seat and has been harassing my child the whole time and she said well well but this isn't about him and I said if you don't start looking at the whole picture and see what is causing the problem you will never find a solution and the next day I went in and I gave her index cards and stickers, uh, stamps, and and stamp pads, and said, listen, would you please start seeing the positive and put a uh, stamp on a card each time my son does something right so you will see he's not always doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. It was her first year teaching. Okay, so I was trying to equip her a little bit and trying to advocate for my son. Well, within a week, I noticed she strung a clothesline across the room and had clothespins and hung up a card for every child. And they were all getting them. And a couple weeks later, she said, there's only one child who never gets stamps, and that's the one who's bothering your son all the time. I thought, you finally found the bully, even though I tried to tell you. And I gave her some tips about what he needed, that he probably needed attention he wasn't getting and things. So, you know, there are times that you have to sit back as a mom and find a way. But notice I didn't attack her. I simply asked questions. Yeah. And that's what Jesus did. He asked questions when he was being bullied. And those questions finally got her
0: thinking about things. <laughs> wow. Amazing how you share those two stories and I was like, oh, well, so much that we can glean from that. Uh, the first one about the storm and how you actually read about Jesus coming the storm at 5 a.m., you know, instead of in the beginning. But it just is kind of like reminds us that there are times when we're going to have to walk through the storm. Before it's calmed, you know, it may not be calmed immediately. And what can we learn from the hard part of the storm that we're going through? And and then you shared about how it had equipped your children to do things, you know, and, and the experience that they had. And plus how they saw Mama Bear taking care of them. And I'm sure that they felt a little scared of what was happening, but they knew mom was there and mom was strong in her faith and God was hearing what they were praying. So that was so amazing. And I'm sure there's much more out of that. If I listen, when I listen to it again, I'm going to hear even more things to learn (laughs) out of that. And then moving on to the story about the school. And I know that will speak to a lot of hearts today because either you're a mom that has a child that is being bullied, has been bullied. Perhaps you've been the bully. Perhaps you have been bullied. So this was such an amazing thing because like you said, you didn't attack the teacher, but you showed her, you helped her to learn and grow to be a better teacher and to not only be a teacher at the front of the class, to teach them, you know, writing, reading, arithmetic and all the important things, but life skills, you helped her learn life skills and how to encourage other children, but also how to recognize a child that is struggling too, because usually people who are bullying are struggling, right? Yes. Yes, they are. You know, and I knew he had a
1: tough dad because I knew this child from the swim team and I knew the parents. And I knew that he realized my son swam faster than him. So that was one of his insecurities. But the other thing was that my son got angry easily and reacted. So he could push the buttons on him. And it took a lot to get my son to stop reacting, which I worked on at, at home often. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because you have to do that side of things too yeah you know there's a whole lot of components to what's happening when a child's bullied because how are they a victim and how are they letting themselves be that way what's happening with that child who's the bully and I had a different child that was it was really his friend who was being bullied and he tried to stand up for him all the time. and so then that child would try to bully him but my son didn't really care as much and he but then he'd come home and be upset about what this child was doing and I, and I said you know what His parents are not kind to him because I knew there was some abuse. And I said, and and they may be getting a divorce. The next day he looked at the child and said, well, you know, I hope your parents are nice to you because my parents are great. And that child never bullied either of them again. It just, it hit his heart so much that he couldn't face my son anymore. And my son also said, and I'm praying for you.
0: That is just beyond words. It's a testament to how you were helping to equip your child in dealing with this, helping your child to see others through the lens of God, you know, how God sees them and that, that, there is a reason for this happening, which I don't, to me, it just seems like a child would then look at it as, Oh, it's not really personal. It's not really that he hates me. It's he's acting out because of all of this. And, you know, you just never know what those words did for that child in healing that someone was kind to him but how you open the eyes of the teacher to to see that it is both sides you know there's there's a deeper thing to look at and and how your mama bear came out I I love that you know
1: (laughs) yes yes you know we have to do some of these things it's amazing and and that does help your child to learn empathy towards other people and to have some compassion realize you know you've got it great. Not every child does.
0: So pray for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You never know what a child is going through. There's so many abusive homes and you know, children have really had to deal with a lot of things in their young lives that they shouldn't have to be dealing with, you know, at their ages. Thanks. And, and the way that you, you did Uh, How you know that Mama Bear did come out in you, but the way you used it productively, and the way that was honoring to God too, by that teacher, because you've you not only made a difference in your son's life and his experience at school, but you made a huge difference in the life of that teacher who was so new. Right.
1: Yes. Well, and see this this other teacher because that other incident with that one boy that my son prayed for that was a different child, a different teacher. I had complained to the teacher. And the teacher had my son and his friend come into the classroom before school started, as soon as they got off the bus, to try to separate that out and help. Mm. But it really wasn't until I learned more and was able to have my son pray for that child, and he did something that made a difference. So there's a lot of steps we can take as a mom. And going to the teacher isn't bad either, because they sometimes can observe and try to
0: do what they can to help it out. Yes. Yeah, I love that because it does take action, some type of action on our part and allowing the Lord to lead us in what that action should be. And, you know, like you said, prayer, that is the most important thing that we can do and teach our children to pray for others um, and love others like Jesus, because we're not just called to love the ones who are lovable, but also the ones who are kind of unlovable, you know, but feel unloved themselves probably and have never experienced uh, someone actually caring about them Um, My friend told a story one time about her daughter having an issue with another child at school and how she told the little boy that she was praying for him. And, you know, it was just such a huge thing for that child to hear. We just, we don't realize too sometimes how children can be so blessed by kindness and that is so special. So Karen, This has been such an amazing conversation. And I love how you are involved in so many different pieces of media, like writing, radio, uh, TV appearances and things like that, that God has you sharing his truth to reach the multitudes. And can you tell us how the listener can connect with you and grab your books? Right. The easiest way is to go to my website, karenwhiting.com, Whiting Whiting Like the
1: Fish, W-H-I-T-I-N-G. And from there, you can click into my different social media. I still have to put one up. I just joined Clubhouse this week, so you can find me on Clubhouse, but I don't have the link to it on my website yet. I'll be getting that on. I do have the link to Facebook and all the other social medias. I probably hang out more on Facebook right now than anywhere and connect. I love to connect to people and
0: respond. I do respond when you put
1: in a comment.
0: There's a listener out there who just loved hearing what you had to say today. And it really encouraged them in their walk, whether they're writing, because Karen is an amazing writing coach. You can see all of the things on her website and I'll share those links in the show notes with you and just moms who need encouragement because moms always need encouragement, (laughs) you know, so that is a fierce calling in and of itself blessing. And I hope to have you on again sometime.
1: Well, that'd be great. In fact, we've talked a lot about prayer. My next book coming out in October is family prayer i really praying with your children and uh, 52
0: every week has a different way to p- try praying together. That's exciting. I love that. I love resources that can help parents in their walk and help them parent their children and grow in their own spirituality and faith and encourage them as a family unit together because, you know, the enemy is after families today and we Need to be strong and have every family member put on their armor and just equipped with prayer and all of that. So thank you for what you're doing to help families be equipped and writers and you know everything. So I am looking forward to that book coming out. But in the meantime, there are many others we can check out. So be sure to do that and reach out to Karen. She'd love to hear from you. And so thanks again, friend, for being on today. It's been awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's been my pleasure getting to know you more.
0: It's great too. Yes. And we will talk soon. Thank you for listening today. I hope what Karen shared did inspire encourage and challenge you to take some kind of action in your walk with Christ today. If there's been something on your heart that you feel drawn to, perhaps it's time to pray about what is the next right step and next action that you can take to walk in that fierce calling that he's given you. And I know that Karen would be so excited to hear from you. So be sure to check out her website. And I have those links in the show notes. I also would love to connect with you. So reach out to me at DaraSwift.com. And again, if you are looking for a speaker for your next women's event, I'd love to come and talk with you. Also, Karen is a speaker as well, and she loves to talk to moms groups and things like that. Friends, I'm thinking in the next year that I might intersperse some episodes where it's just you and I and wonder how you feel about that. What are your thoughts on that? And let me know. Put some comments in the show notes on my webpage at daraswiff.com. And also connect with me at Walking Deeper on Facebook. And I am at Doris Susan Swift on Instagram. I would love to talk with you. And I hope you join me next time when I invite another woman to share how she's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week. And I'll talk to you soon.